welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Praise God. Praise God. I pray that the power of God's presence is right there with you today because I feel it in the room as we worship and as we sing and declare that he is our living hope, that just, that song just spells out the gospel message, doesn't it? What Jesus came and what he did, his purpose behind it to save our souls. Um, thank you for joining with us this morning. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Melissa Poisel. My husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival Church, and it's an honor and a privilege to lead such a wonderful team of people who make this happen every single week um, as we continue on in our series our christmas series called in the waiting i have the privilege of getting to speak about hope today so if you're taking notes which i hope that you are and tj always says you get extra credit in heaven for that one but i don't want anyone to take me seriously when i say that so it's helpful to take notes Um, the title of this message is called attachment issues but before we go any further would you just join me in praying over this time together Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your presence. I thank you that we can sing and declare the truth that we have living hope through Jesus Christ. God, I pray over this message, I pray over the hearts of people listening in, that you would just prepare their hearts for what you want to say to every one of us today, and that you would help me to get out of the way, and that your spirit would move and your spirit would speak. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I cannot believe that it's the end of the year. (laughs) What is 2020? It will forever go down in the history books as what it is, I guess. Um, But I was thinking about New Year's Eve, like the boys have their countdown and it's, you know, 12 days till Christmas or 11 now. And New Year's Eve is quickly approaching, and we're heading into 2021, and I've been seeing people post about, like, next year's going to be better. It's got to be better. <laughs> like, what's going to happen? And it got me thinking about back at the, begin- or at the end of last year as we were headed into 2020 and that feeling of, of waiting on the new year and that feeling of hope and anticipation of what could be. What does this next year have for us, right? That was fun. That was fun when we were, you know, ignorant of what was to come. (laughs) I saw a meme like a few months into it, and I think it had an expletive in it, so I won't share that part, but it was just this guy sulking, and he was just like, I stayed up late to ring this in? Like, this is what I was excited about? And I was like, that, that is how we're all feeling at different points of the year. I know I've felt that way. Not necessarily about I stayed up late because I don't remember if I did or not. (laughs) Lame. I know I'm lame. Um, But it's so true for so many of us as we look at this last year. Like, there's been so many years where, you know, we all have our hopes and dreams going into the next year. But I think collectively, it's very rare for collectively us to have this hope and then this disappointment. Like, we're all feeling it together, right? This feeling of of disappointment in our dreams or our hopes or what we thought would happen, what we thought this year would bring, um, it's been heavy and it's been hard at times. And if we're honest, hope has felt heavy and hope has felt hard. And maybe even for some of us, hope has felt lost. We have no more reason to hope. 
because we hoped for better, and this is what we got. Now, I feel like this past year has taught us and has put us into a completely different season of waiting. Instead of waiting for that buildup and that anticipation of the new year, we find ourselves waiting on, waiting on hope in a lot of ways, waiting on a better tomorrow, waiting on maybe a good report from the doctor, or maybe you're waiting on a job because you lost it in the middle of all of this. Maybe you're waiting for your kids to go back to school. <laughs> That's me. Pray for me. I'm praying for you. <laughs> There's so many things. Waiting for life to be back to normal again, whatever normal was. I think I complained about normal so often, and now I'm just like, I just want to be back to normal. I want to see people's smiles, not just their eyes, but their, their actual smiles. But in a lot of ways, it feels like we're waiting on hope. And this morning, we're going to look at what God says about hope. Because, friends, we are not waiting on hope. We have hope in the waiting. And I think we've got that twisted. We've lost sight of the hope that we actually can hold on to in the middle of these hard seasons of waiting for the next thing. If you think that, that this has been a hard year, or maybe you felt like God has been silent, or maybe you haven't had those answered prayers, and you feel like, man, there's never been a worse time than this, a worse period of waiting, I would encourage you to read the Bible, <laughs> because people wait on God all the time in the Bible. And in fact, we're getting ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus, but it can't be told the story of hope entering the world through Jesus without talking about what led up to that. The Israelites were promised the Messiah. They were promised a better future through Jesus as their salvation. And then they were conquered by the Assyrians. And then they scattered. And then there was 400 years of silence. God wasn't speaking. I feel like he was just like, I'm, I need a break. <laughs> done with no that's not what he was it was 400 years of silence and waiting waiting on this promise that God had given them holding on to the fact that he, they were promised something but they have not been able to see it come to fruition yet God's silence wasn't his absence don't mistake his silence for absence in your life God is still working and he is still preparing and purposing things and positioning things. He was getting things ready for the perfect time to bring the Savior into the world. And so it's exciting when we start to read, when we pick up in, in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and when we pick up and they're talking about how, you know, God began to speak, speak through angels, speak through different um, people and miracles in the, the birth of Mary and John the Baptist. And it was just amazing because he had been silent for so long. So there was this like palpable stirring up of hope that, hey, what God had promised, he's doing something. We're about to see it come to pass. So we can see that the story of the birth of Jesus is hinged on hope, isn't it? And this hope that we have through Jesus will never let us down. It will never let us down. Romans 5 verses 3 through 6 says this, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. 
Not we can rejoice because we don't have problems and trials. We can rejoice when we run into them. It's inevitable. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but you're going to face some things in this life. For we know that they help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. When we were utterly helpless, when there was no reason to hope that we can get there on our own, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Hope, this hope, will not lead us to disappointment. You might be wrestling with that after the year that we've all faced or in the season that you're in. If hope doesn't lead us to disappointment, then why have I felt the heaviness of disappointment so much lately? Why have I felt that that letdown of getting my hopes up and then only to have them disappoint me in the end? And it's this tension that we wrestle with. It's almost like we have a fear sometimes of hoping again for better. Because when we hoped the last time, it hurt that much more when we didn't see what we hoped would happen come to pass. So if God says that this hope will not lead us to disappointment, then why are we feeling so disappointed? Not even just feeling the disappointment, but why are we living in the disappointment of this last year or the things that we had once hoped for? I think it's important for us to dive a little bit deeper into what hope actually is. The definition of hope. And when I looked up hope, by the world's definition, I mean, there was a lot of different things. Basically, it it sums up with wishful thinking. If I'm positive enough, if I desire it enough, you know, I have a wish or a desire for a better tomorrow based on, I don't know, positive thinking. So I hope for something to come to pass. That's the world's definition. So I thought about all the times that I found myself saying, I hope. I hope you have a good birthday. I hope you feel better. I hope that works out for you. I hope you get that job. And a lot of the times I feel like we say that so flippantly because we do wish for better for people. We wish for better for ourselves. But it's actually, we're wishing for it, but deep down, are we really believing it? Are we really believing that it will come to pass? So, at best, it's wishful thinking. And what kind of hope is that? It's not the kind of hope I want. It's not been doing me any good, that's for sure. True hope, biblical hope, is a confidence and an expectation for a better tomorrow, for a better future. But get this, it's based on who God is. It's based on God's character. It's based on his promises to us. It's based on his faithfulness. That's what true hope is. True hope is grounded in the belief, in our faith, that God is who he says he is, and he can do what he said he can do. And you can't have that kind of hope without the faith and the belief in what you're hoping for and who you're hoping in. And faith is what? It's the belief of something we don't see. We don't see it coming to pass yet. We don't see it in our circumstances, 
but we can believe because we can take God at his word that he is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he'll do. In Hebrews um, chapter 6, verses 18 through 20, I wanted to read these verses to you out of the Passion Translation. It says this, So it is impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And, we, and now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. How many of us want an unshakable hope for our lives? It says we have this certain hope, like a strong, unbreakable anchor, holding our souls to God himself. Our anchor of hope is fastened to the mercy seat, which sits in the heavenly realm, beyond the sacred threshold, where Jesus, our forerunner, has gone in before us. This kind of hope that it's talking about, hope for our souls, salvation, is not based on circumstances, our own ability, it's not based on an outcome, and it's not based on other people. So when we are feeling like our hope is lost, or our hope is hard, or our hopes only led to disappointment, we have to start by asking ourselves, and I believe that God wants to ask every one of us today, where have you been attaching your hope? Where have you been tying your hope to? And we have to self-evaluate. Have we been attaching our hope to other people? This can happen in a lot of ways. Maybe it's that boyfriend of yours that you're thinking, I'll have a better future if I can just get him to marry me. <laughs> Don't do that. Um, <laughs> it could be attached to your boss, making things happen so that it can move you up the corporate ladder. It could be attached to people and, and friendships or affirmations from other people that you're looking for to find out, figure out where can you put hope in for a better future. And so oftentimes we attach ourselves to people. And that's our hope. Our hope becomes attached to a person. Sometimes we attach our hope to the outcome, to the end result. You know, if I could just, if I get that good doctor's report, I'll have hope for a better future. But until then, eh, I don't know what to hold on to. Or, you know, if I get that job, if I make more money, if that just opens up for me, and it's the end result that we're attaching our hope to. And we don't have hope until we see the result. A lot of the times it's in our own abilities. In the beginning of the year, you know, I, I go back to, it's so funny to look back at posts from the beginning of 2020 where people are like, this is my year. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to grind it out. I'm going to, you know, it's like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that, and I'm going to make this happen, and no one's going to stop me. And it's just looking back, you're like, oh my goodness, like, <laughs> I couldn't do it. I wasn't foreseeing what was coming against me. I didn't realize my own limitations, and so often that happens when we attach our hope to what we can do for ourselves, because we need Jesus. And so we were never meant to attach our hope to ourselves. I don't want to put my hope in myself. I'll just tell you that much. I don't want that much trust in my own ability. 
And oftentimes we will attach our hope to our circumstances, right? The things that we can see. If circumstances are just right, then I can have hope that tomorrow is going to be better. But when things don't go my way, when my boat gets rocked a little bit, I lose hope. Where's my hope? And so he's saying, are you attaching your hope to these things? Because that's going to lead you down the road of disappointment. As we're talking about hope being an anchor for our souls, I just wanted to share this image with you, this illustration, um, just to give some visual to what this actually looks like. Because when you see what worldly hope looks like and when you see what godly hope looks like, you see a drastic contrast, a drastic difference between what it looks like to have wishful thinking or to have a confident expectation because of who God is. And so I had this image in my head of this little buoy. I think that's why you say it. It's a buoy. Thanks. I got some nods. Um, I'm not a sea person, ocean person, whatever. Um, so, I digress. So, this buoy is going to represent all of the things that we could possibly attach our hope to. And look, it's attached. Pretend. So, our own abilities, our outcome, the end result, our circumstances, other people, this represents all of the things that maybe you have been attaching your hope to for far too long. What happens with this buoy is that it sits at the surface of the water. It just floats on the top of the surface. This is a surface-level hope, right? And when the wind and the waves come, it goes where the wind and the waves take it, right? And as TJ talked about last Sunday, when he was talking about having peace in the storm and what it looks like to walk in peace. He had mentioned something that really got me thinking. And he said, if you're, if you're not in a storm right now, I guarantee you're either coming out of a storm or you're headed into one because that's life. Life is full of ups and downs. Life is full of storms because we live in a broken world. So it's a guarantee that the storms of life will come. So when the storms of life come, and we've attached our hope for a better future, for a better tomorrow, to all of these other things, our circumstances, other people, our end result, our own self. What happens is, is the storm of life dictates where our hope ends up. And oftentimes, we've lost hope very quickly in the wind and the waves. But if our hope like the Bible talks about, if our hope is an anchor for our soul. I have an anchor here. And I even got a red one because it's a Christmas series. <laughs> and I made sure not to get a heavy one. But imagine a really heavy anchor. We have this hope as an anchor for our souls. So when the storms of life come, and the wind and the waves come crashing against us, our hope stands firm. Our hope goes beneath the surface. Our hope is rooted in the belief and in our faith that God is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he will do, and our hope is our anchor. And so when the winds come and when the storm comes and rages against us, we're attached to hope. So no matter how far it tries to rock us this way or how far it tries to rock us this way, 
we're still attached to hope. And now instead of the storm dictating where our hope ends up, our hope dictates where we end up. You see that? We're attached to the source of hope in Jesus. And that's exciting because I don't know about you, I'm tired of being rocked by the storms of life. I'm tired of losing hope and living in disappointment. I want to be anchored in the belief that God is who he says he is and he can do what he says he's going to do and that his promises are true and that he is faithful. He is faithful to keep his promises. Another translation um, of Hebrews 6.18 says, Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence. There's that word again, confidence. It's not a wish. It's not wishful thinking. It's a confidence. As we hold to the hope that lies before us, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. So true hope, true hope is a confidence and an expectation for a better future based on God, based on his character, based on his promises. True hope is rooted in our faith and our belief that no matter what comes our way, no matter what storms of life we face, no matter if we're in a season of waiting where we're not hearing from God, we can believe that he is still at work and that he has never left us. No matter the people, the outcome, the circumstances, or my own limited, very limited abilities, I still believe that God is who he says he is, and he will do what he said he would do. God is still good, even if my results are not. I can hold on to hope. I can hold on to hope. God will never leave me or forsake me, even when everyone else has. I still hold on to hope. God gives me strength to get through whatever storm I'm facing because his word says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I hold on to hope. I remember who he is, who his word, what his word says that he is and what he is going to do. Hope is not lost. Hope is not canceled. Hope is here. Hope became flesh in the form of a baby to save our world. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. That is our hope. That is our hope, friends. So when we have Jesus, when we have the promise of salvation, we always have hope. Hope is not lost. Hope is not lost. Our hope is eternal. You know, I think sometimes we forget that. We have a hope for a better future, and we can believe that God's going to get us through the storms of life. We can believe that we'll see better days here on earth. But truly, our hope is eternal. Our hope isn't placed in anything in this world or what this world will bring to us. We aren't merely hoping for a better next year, a better week, a better day. If we're walking in relationship with Jesus— then we have a hope that is much bigger than what's here on this earth. Our hope is in heaven. Our hope is in heaven. And when we attach our hope to Jesus, our hope is in his kingdom and not ours. It's a heavenly realm, not our own. It's what we don't see and not what we see here on earth. Our hope is tied to his promise of salvation. 
of eternal life. That's why he came. He didn't come just to give us a better life here on earth. He came to give us a better eternity, that we get to live with him for all of eternity. That's why he came. So when this world tries to bring us down and steal our hope, we get to choose to stop putting our hope in the things of this world, right? That hold no power and no promise. We can attach our hope to Jesus because that's where we find a confidence for a better tomorrow, a confidence in his promises. And even if we don't get to experience, and this is the hard part, even if we don't get to experience the fulfillment of his promises this side of heaven, there's a guarantee that we will still get to experience his promises. Because we know where we're headed, and that's where we put our hope, on the things unseen. So when the storms come and things don't go our way, we can still walk with hope. We can walk with the confidence in our salvation with Jesus. We can believe God at his word, that he is who he says he is, and he can do what he says he can do, that he is faithful to keep his promises. Even when things are hard, God is still good. Even when we are at our weakest, God's strength, it will sustain us. Even in our last breath here on earth, God is with us to lead us into our promise. And that's a hard, that's a hard thing to grasp for some of us, to imagine that in our final moments, that that's where we receive the promise. I wanted to share a story with you, and I'm going to ask Nesto and Jenna to come up to help me do it. Um, I went back and forth on sharing this, but just because it's so personal and it's so intimate and so special and sacred to me. Um, but I believe that when I look at my life right now, it's one of the moments that God brings me back to to remind me of where my hope is, that my hope isn't here on this earth, but my hope is with Jesus in heaven. My great-grandma passed away a couple of years ago, and she loved Jesus. She was a woman of faith. She was a prayer warrior, and so much of who I am today is because of her and her faith. And it was such a privilege that in the last moments of her life, I was able to be there. And it's the only time that I was ever there um, when someone had passed away. And we were there surrounding her, her bed, and we had opened up a hymnal. And I grew up on hymns, so they're very special. And she would always sing hymns, and I could even hear her voice. She's not, she was not a good singer. <laughs> but it just made it that much more sweet, because, man, her heart was in it, and I think I got that from her. <laughs> but... One of her favorite songs to sing was this, this hymn called, It Is Well With My Soul. And as we were there surrounding her bed, her eyes had not been opened for quite some time. We just began to sing. We began to sing these verses, and I believe that God wants you, if you know this song, sing it out with us. 
but just let the words wash over you as you hear the gospel in the truth and the hope in these words. And these were the words that we sang. We sang over her in those last moments. And I'll let Jenna go ahead and sing this, and then I'll come and I'll, I'll share why my hope is in heaven. well with my soul. I want to say that, you know, at one point in my life, I felt like death was something to be afraid of. And it was a scary thing because I didn't, I didn't, I never experienced it. But what I felt in that room, it was a holy moment. God's presence was there. God's presence was there. And as we sang those songs over her, her eyes opened up. And I truly believe that she saw the face of Jesus that we couldn't see in that room. But she, she saw her Savior. 
And I believe that because her face was so overcome with peace and her eyes lit up like a little kid. And and that was the moment that she took her last breath here and she entered into eternity with Jesus. And I'm gonna tell you, I tell you that story as precious as that is to me because that's where our hope is. It's not in this earth. Our hope is set on eternity. Our hearts are set on eternity. Jesus came and we celebrate his birth and we celebrate his resurrection. We celebrate what he did for us because that was why we get to spend eternity in heaven with him. He's bringing us home. Our home isn't here. Our home isn't here. In Romans 8, 22 through 25, it says, For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, if we hope for heaven and eternity with Jesus, we wait for it with patience. We wait for it with a confident expectation that it will get better, that we have a home and it's not here, that the things that we want to come to pass here won't always happen, but we have a future with Jesus in eternity, and that is where he's drawing our hearts. He's saying, will you attach your hope to something of substance? Will you attach your hope to where you're going, not what you see right here and now? And when we attach our hope to heaven, we attach our hope to Jesus, we walk differently. We walk with a different confidence. We walk with an expectation that no matter what comes, no matter what comes, we know where we're going, right? We know where we're going because of Jesus. And, you know, we never ever want to miss an opportunity for someone to step into a relationship with Jesus. There might be that one person, you might be that one person today on the other side of this screen that Jesus has been speaking to your heart. He's been stirring something up in you and you're tired of living with hopelessness. You're tired of living in the disappointment of other people letting you down, of your circumstances letting you down. And I believe that he is speaking to your heart right now. He will never let you down. And there is a greater hope and a greater life for all of eternity that he is offering you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He wants to walk with you all the way to eternity. That's a promise that we can stand on. And so if that's you today, I just want to encourage you, answer, answer him. Accept his invitation to step into a relationship with him. That's the best decision that you will ever make. And there's no magic prayer. There's no magic thing that you have to say. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart, if you have the faith that Jesus died on that cross and rose again to save you from your sins and to bring you into eternity with him in heaven, if you have that belief and you confess it with your mouth, that you're saved. And that's the hope of salvation. That's the hope that you can put everything into 
And so I would love to pray with you today, to pray over you and to pray over that moment, that sacred, special moment between you and him right now. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are our great rescuer, that you saw us broken and without a savior and that you would send your son to bring hope in human form, fully God and fully man. And that when Jesus entered the scene, we can cling to that hope. That what he would do for us and the price he would pay for us on that cross, that he would conquer death, hell, and the grave and be resurrected three days later, all of that was for us to be in heaven for all of eternity with you, to walk here on earth in relationship with you with that confident expectation of a better tomorrow. God, I thank you for your salvation. I thank you for what it means when we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the birth of hope in this world and in our hearts. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray over every single person who might have stepped into that relationship for the first time. Meet them where they're at. Fill them with all hope and joy and peace as they cling to you. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.